five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. We're not the starters. We're not even the backups. This is the Third Stringers Podcast, where we talk about the hottest sports news of the week. I'm your host, Noah Kratz, and here with me are my two favorite guys to talk sports with, Josh and Justin. Guys, what's up? What's been going on this week? Hello, hello, hello. Nothing much. Just, uh, I got a haircut today, so that's fun. Ooh. Yeah. Great feeling when you get your haircut. Looking fresh, but also, uh, um, you know, not the prettiest looking guy, so... You just take it as it is and keep moving forward. Yeah, I uh, today I pretty much took a a bath from the knees down in Benadryl itch cream because I was outside last night for a soccer game and I got bit by about 200 different mosquitoes the entire time I was outside. So I'm struggling. That's tough. I really yeah. thought you were just going to say a bath in general. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you take a bath? No, I kind of, it makes me, yeah, I can't even imagine taking a bath to be honest. <laughs> do you guys take baths like or is that like a normal no, thing no, no. the last time i took a bath, bath I when like i was eight. like yeah i was gonna say nine yeah. or ten or something like that yeah. i don't even think it was then i thought like i i truly don't remember taking a bath ever that's a little strange to me you definitely take a bath yeah. i definitely <laughs> took one <laughs> cross is like four taking a shower <laughs> they just threw you in a shower standing up like you better weird. learn like i can't imagine taking a bath now no, I, I wouldn't be, fit in the tub. Yeah, it's yeah. true. You definitely wouldn't. My knees would be poking out. It'd be cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I might fit. I might fit in a bathtub, but yeah, jo- yeah. Justin's not. <laughs> There's no chance. <laughs> All right, guys. That's just gross. Just laying in dirty water. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's awful. Yeah. But then again, you get in a hot tub, so or in like a pool. Yeah, but that's, oh, that's different. That's different. <laughs> I guess the water's moving around and there's chlorine in it. Exactly. (laughs) All right. We've got a lot to get to today. um, So we're going to jump right into it. Giannis, the Suns, in an epic battle now. Giannis dropped 41 points on the Suns on Sunday night and brought it to a 2-1 series. Still in Milwaukee for game four tomorrow, Wednesday the 14th, 15th? 14th. 14th, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, I think Mike Boothholzer just saved his season. Um, but I don't know if the Bucks franchise would view this as a winning season. Like, do we do we think that that's a, a topic of discussion? Like, is this a successful season if they don't win the championship? I would just like to point out that when you posed this topic, it was Giannis and the Suns. It wasn't the Bucks and the Suns. Right. So to me, if this is like the general consensus of basketball fans in general, I think it has to be a I guess it's a success for the Bucks organization, but at the same time it's really not. There's always gonna be that little doubt in there of oh, you made it past the Nets because of injury. You made it past the Hawks because Trey Young got injured. You I don't know. I can't see them beating the Suns, but it's just like I don't know. I guess it's a yeah, success. But, but when you view it like that, I mean, that's part of the that's NBA. That's part of the game. Yeah, that's like, part of the game. It's staying healthy for all, like, the whole time. Yeah, but it was a short, it was the, it was the hurried up season, basically. They didn't get as much off time. Yeah, I mean, you got a point. But, like, if you yeah. look back, like, last year is the bubble, different scenario. The year before that, the Raptors won it. Kevin Durant went down. Klay Thompson went down. That's true. The year before that, it was the Warriors and it was LeBron again, right? And I believe Cavs. so. Cavs, yeah. Um, I don't think anyone got hurt that season. But the year before that was the whole Draymond Green thing. No, that was the year before that. <laughs> it's been the Warriors and the Cavs. A lot <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I, but, I feel like I feel like I I get what you're saying, and yeah. to me, it's it's like. It almost doesn't even matter if, if like that's 
correct because I just feel like that's not how people think. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even if that's true, I just feel like that's not how people think. But I would say that, at least for me, and I mean, I'm not a Bucks fan, but I think if if this postseason, right, if the Bucks beat a healthy Nets team, right, and also on top of that, just like even the Lakers, like AD not being healthy, like that, I don't know, like to me that's still a factor, right? And then you have Kawhi who got yeah, hurt. Right. That's a, a lot of injuries. So I feel like if if this postseason wouldn't have been so like so injury filled and the Bucks get to the finals and they lose, I feel like that's a success. I would say it's a failure for Giannis because I think for him, anything but a championship is kind of a failure, especially if you get that far. Yeah. But I think for the organization and getting to the finals is is a win. But with how many injuries hurt so many teams and the Bucks were able to stay relatively healthy, except, you know, Giannis was kind of hurt. I, like he was hurt, but it wasn't serious. I think because they were able to stay mostly healthy and so many other teams didn't, to me, that makes anything but a championship a failure. Okay. I, yeah. I, got, I see your point, but the problem is, will we say that same thing five years from now? Probably not. Because if you view that, I mean, we go back to the Warriors winning their first championship with the with the Splash Brothers. Kyrie and Kevin Love were injured, and it was just basically LeBron and Matthew Delvadova. Yeah. So, but do we remember it like that? Like, yeah. is that how we remember that that season that the Warriors won because of that? I don't think so. I think they won because they had the Splash Brothers. Yeah, so, the average it's, it's NBA fan won't remember this for sure. Right. And honestly, most like super fans won't really remember this as much. The only season I could see being a asterisk season would be the bubble season. Right. So you're right. I, I mean, for the organization, this is definitely a success just because they're in the finals and they haven't been in such a long time. But you're right, Josh, because Giannis is considered one of the top five ten players in the league he really needs that chip right now and i don't i can't see him getting it and if he doesn't get it it's definitely a failure for him and honestly any i feel like any player that at that caliber has to have that same mentality like lebron this season was a failure for him because he didn't get a championship right like and any player at that level that I, i that's why i do think it's it's important to like separate the organization expectations and and just Giannis because I totally agree like if you're one of the best players in the world I feel like if you don't win a championship it's you know you failed which I guess is it's kind of that same logic for a team I guess right because like that's the goal but it just seems magnified with how the top players are criticized in and uh compared based off of championships right because that's always like the first thing that people bring up is how many championships you've won so yeah yeah and that didn't used to be as as relevant because if you put up great numbers in the regular season then it was fine like chris paul for example never got to an nba finals until this year and but he was still viewed as a top five point guard because of it but recently yeah. he yeah. thought he was thought of as not a top five point guard because he hasn't gotten to that point yeah if you're in the league for a certain amount of years and you're not you haven't even made it to the finals and but you're considered one of the best, then like you're always going to have that doubt and that. I don't. It's especially different when you're comparing it to like older players. Like everyone's going to remember Oscar Robertson for being the triple double king or whatever, and same with Russell Westbrook. But if none of them, or if either of them never like get those rings, then they're never going to be considered one of the greatest, like Steph Curry. Right. Because yeah. I mean, even if you look at like Charles Barkley. Who never he never won an NBA championship, but he was viewed as one of the most dominant players of that time, but not of all time because he doesn't have those rings. Exactly. So yeah, I I guess in short story, it is a success for the Bucks. 
But if they, it would have been really bad if they got swept by the Suns, because then it's like, okay, yeah, the injuries really played a part in it. Right. But <laughs> they won that game at home, and we'll see what happens the second game at home. I can't see them winning in a seven-game series, especially if everyone stays healthy. So it'll be I, interesting. I, don't, I definitely don't see the Bucks winning, but I see a pathway to it. I don't think it'll happen because I think the Suns are better learners and can read the game a lot better than the Bucks. It took yeah. the Bucks two games to figure out how to win one. Um, I think the Suns come back tomorrow and win, but I do see a pathway, and it's through Giannis not being a ball hog. Like if he he's and he did it on Sunday night. He passed a lot more. He stayed down low and dominated down low. Aiton was on him a lot, and he was able to still score 41. But he distributed the ball really well, and Middleton and Drew Holiday finally stepped up. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's possible. I think it's possible, but I do think it's unlikely. If I had to give a percentage, like 75% chance the Suns win right now, just because they're up 2-1, and I do think they yeah. are the better team. But I know we talked about this off the record earlier, Kratz, about how the best thing for the Bucks was when Giannis got injured during the uh, series against the Hawks. Yeah. And how they had to had to realize, or the team had to come together and find out a way to win without Giannis. And now that they know they can do that without him, having him added to the team, into the lineup and roster, kind of makes it like a full, complete thing. So as much as we've kind of been hating on them the last couple of episodes, this team is good, and obviously they're putting up a fight against the Suns. I'm just curious to see how it ends and if it makes it to a Game 7. It'd be right. fun to watch a Game 7. It'd be interesting to see, and I'm going to throw out a name that I didn't think I would ever say would be a really important player that needs to be in there, would be Dante DiVincenzo. Just because of his his skill to bring the ball up the half up to half court, just because Drew Holiday feels better off ball, he's got better movement off ball, and I think he would prefer to not have the ball in his hands. He's not a true point guard, but he's a he's a good he's a good guard, just not a true point guard. So not having DiVincenzo is hurting them a lot. Yeah. I always liked Dante DiVincenzo. A solid player. Yeah, he's always, he's always just like a good role player for any or I mean he's basically been with the Bucks, right? He's only been with the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So. yeah. And then back when he played for Villanova? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was he was solid then too, so like he's he's just a nice role player and he and he knows that too. He's not trying to be a star. Right. Which is perfect for him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how also how the Suns come out in game four um, to see if they make changes, because I think they put a lot of pressure on Giannis to pass the ball. And I think they kind of forced the ball out of his hands because of what happened in game two. And it didn't work out for them. So it'll be interesting to see if they try to let only Giannis beat them. So if they keep just one guy on him and let him rack up as many points as he wants, but don't let anyone else score. It'll be an interesting strategy that might just work. Yeah. I think that's their best bet to be honest. Yeah. Get his confidence up, try to get him to shoot more threes and stuff. And he'll feel the pressure. He'll feel the pressure. I feel like you got to think that he's a smart enough player to know that's going to happen or predict that that might happen. And make sure he tries to counteract that. I don't know. If I'm a coach, that's what I'm trying to tell him right now. I'll be like, right. just keep playing good team basketball. We'll feed you. Like you're a good player. You're gonna get the ball. Just don't take it on yourself and put it all on your shoulders. Right. And I don't know if Budenholzer has the ability to tell him that. I don't I don't know if he's respected enough. I don't know what his relationship is with Giannis. Yeah. Um hey, but, if, yeah, if they, it'll be interesting. If, if they let if they try to let let Giannis shoot, it could be like J. Cole said, pride's the devil, you know? Maybe Giannis True. is like gonna bring his ego out there and he's gonna still try to do it anyways, even if he knows that they're letting him. You know? That's true. true. It's true. 
And if he's on, they might they might give him a win. Like, yeah, good. Uh, yeah. So, do we think though that if the Suns win, that this team could make a run for it again next season? I think this. The, yeah. The go biggest ahead. thing. The biggest thing we've and I feel like it's we've talked about it before is Chris Paul, right? Because he's got the player option. So I yeah. think. I think to me, and I feel like we'll all agree, is that's like the biggest factor. Um, and I, I think I remember Kratz, you saying he was going to retire, right? Isn't that what you yeah. said? Yeah. And I kind of feel like he will too. So I think if he does, that they definitely won't run it back. I think they'll still be a very good team, but I don't think they'll, they would win another championship. But if he stays... I mean, they're they're keeping a lot like like most of the important parts of the roster, but as we talked about, there were so many injuries that I think even if Chris Paul stays, I think that whether it's the Lakers or the Nets, you know, in the finals, whatever it is, I think even if Chris Paul stays, that they probably won't run it back. But if he leaves, they definitely won't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Uh, even with, I'm just going to assume that Chris Paul comes back at this point, just to answer this question. Um, even with that team, I think they make, they're making a run strictly based off momentum at this point. They came off that high of beating the Lakers, the defending champs, and they brought that into the Nuggets series and the Clippers series and are now in the finals. So we'll see what happens when they're the, like the big dogs on campus, the defending champs. Um, I think they're going to have a little bit of nostalgia (laughs) in the regular season. (laughs) Um, Like just based off my assumption of Chris Paul retiring, if they win, no way they run it back. Absolutely. No way. They they'll, they'll struggle to make playoffs. If Chris Paul is not there. You think they struggle to make playoffs? I think they struggle to make playoffs. The West is so deep. I don't know about that. I think they make playoffs fairly easy. I don't think they will. But I I think that they – I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make it to a conference finals. But I think they definitely make playoffs. Damn. I'm going to need to look at all the teams again going into this next season, especially in the West. Because you're right. The West is so deep. And it's crazy. Like – because, I mean, look at the teams that didn't make it. All right, you ready? I'm going to name off some. Warriors. Bring they're, gonna make, they're making the next season. They're yeah, making they're playoffs next year. Pelicans. We just talked about that. I think we, we kind of all – I think they'll be better. <laughs> I think they'll, they'll probably be make play-in play games. Okay, okay. Um, Grizzlies made it. Uh, Timberwolves. I can't see them. I don't know, man. They should though. They have a good yeah. roster if they, everyone stayed healthy. Okay, but, but 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 here's the thing too. Even but we also have to look at the teams that made it because the Suns got past them. It's true. Like like you know whether they beat them or they just got farther. The Nuggets they didn't have Jamal Murray, right? Right. And they they were still a you know a very good team and they didn't have their star point guard. And then the Clippers yeah. didn't have Kawhi at the end. The Lakers didn't have AD. So it's like even the, in the even the teams that did make it were still missing something. It's yeah. True. It's it's tough. Like I can see them struggling out of the gate because of the nostalgia of winning the championship. Yeah. And I don't know if they'll be able to recover from it. They they're gonna have to. I so I watched the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. Uh, like a month ago yeah. i was a little i was a little behind the ball on it whatever um, i still have watched it so you're good okay well and and some points in there they talk about how michael jordan was really good at like coming up with reasons to win like he would be he would think like oh this guy said a, a word to me in a hallway at last year at this arena and like that made me think oh i have to beat him in the finals next year and i feel like this team the only way they'd make it back to playoffs next season if Chris Paul retires is if they come up with a storyline that they can all believe in their heads. Like, okay, Chris Paul's gone. We got to prove that 
are like the young core that this team is can make it at least back into playoffs. Like we might not be championships again because we lost our star leader, like whatever. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, we can still get us to at least the eight, the playing games or eighth seed or whatever. You know what I mean? They have to come up with that right. storyline for the team to believe in. Yeah, absolutely. So if they do that, I could see it because I think Devin Booker is going to get better. I think DeAndre Ayton is going to get better. I think this team as a whole has learned a lot and gained a lot of valuable experience from this uh, playoff series or just the playoffs in general, and especially with Chris Paul kind of like leading the way and teaching them as they go. So like this team's grown a lot this season and I think they could do it again. I really do. I don't know if they could win it again, but I think they can get back to a potential. Okay. Uh, That's fair. That's fair. I just, I could see them struggling out of the gate and I don't know if they'll recover from that. Yeah, and the West is deep. I gotta look at I gotta look at the whole West again and make <clears throat> predictions, like finalize for next season. Speaking of some of those teams, there was a lot of NBA news that dropped. All right, so we're just gonna run through them real quick. Uh, so some things that were mentioned today: Ben Simmons is officially being shopped. No shock there. Uh, morale was kind of destroyed in Philadelphia. Um. Some interesting teams for me would be like a Minnesota Timberwolves making a trade for him and upgrading their defense. Pelicans won't match anything over $20 million for Lonzo. So if some teams are sniffing around, some Bulls making a push for a new point guard. <laughs> That'd be sick. What else we got here? Rockets. Rockets are officially on the hunt for the number one pick from Detroit. Please, dear God, Detroit, (laughs) unless it's like four first-round picks, do not give this up. Yep, I'm with you. There is no guarantee you'll ever get the first first overall pick ever again. And finally, the biggest one that I think is the Knicks want Colin Sexton from the Cleveland Cavaliers. We are talking about how the Knicks just need that that point guard, that leader, because Derrick Rose wants to come off the bench. Is Colin Sexton the one to do it? Colin Sexton to the Knicks, I love for two reasons. Well, I think it's a great idea for two reasons. I think the Knicks, I think that absolutely helps their team, and not just because he's a good player. I think it it fits with their team really well. Um because, I mean, you add a point guard like Colin Sexton, and you have Julius Randle, and to me, the combination of them is a great pair. But then on top of that, the Knicks do have a lot of younger talent that I won't be shocked if it pans out between Obi Toppin, Manuel Quickly, R.J. Barrett. Like Even if one of those guys can improve fairly soon, on top of having Sexton and Randall, I think that makes the Knicks a scary team. I definitely don't think it makes them contenders, in my opinion, but I do think that it makes them a lot scarier. And I just really like Colin Sexton, and I would love to see him on a team that's not the Cavs. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, because I don't think anyone will disagree with me and say that the thing that New York needs is scoring. And... That's what Colin Sexton brings. He definitely doesn't bring the defensive side of the ball, but working with with Tom Thibodeau could work out for that situation. But I mean, you got and here's the thing is Mitchell Robinson got hurt in the middle of the year and not a lot of people talk about that Um, big body down low, big center is a really good defender. And him and Julius Randle played really well off each other, which is why also why Julius Randle played so well. And when he comes back, I think they have a really nice roster there. I don't think it's anything competitive in terms of making a run for a championship without another scorer like Colin Sexton. But that's a good young team that could develop around a coach like that and just strictly win off defense. And it'll be... I really want the Knicks to do this. I think this would be a great, great move. But it's it's 
it's all dependent on what the Cavaliers are looking for in return because obviously they don't want to sign him long term um, because his contract's coming up and they don't want to just get rid of him for nothing. So they're just kind of shopping around. So it'll be, it's interesting to see what they're looking for. Are they looking for another star caliber that Colin Sexton is, or are they looking for more like future round picks? Yeah, that's looking at the Knicks roster in terms of what they have that the Cavs would want. My initial thought is some of the young talent the Knicks have, right? Because like I said, they have a lot of young talent that could pan out. But then then it's a little confusing because then I think about it and it's like, but do they really want that? Because isn't that kind of what Colin Sexton is, right? I mean, like he's a young talent. Right. So I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what the Knicks would give in terms of players to the Cavs that they would want. Right. I uh, maybe maybe an Obi Toppin. Maybe they need another big guy down low. Yeah, I could see that. So, I mean, and I, I'm always going to talk big about Obi Toppin, and I don't know if it'll ever pan out. But just watching him in college, he was one of the just most outstanding college basketball players that I've seen play just from the the tournament before the season actually started. I can't remember if it was Maui or if it was uh, the Bahamas tournament. Can't remember. But watching him play against some of the top teams was outstanding to watch. And I really thought he was going to bring that into the NBA. And it just hasn't worked out because of injuries so far. So we'll see on this next year on if he can develop more as a NBA player. So that brings us into our our new segment. It's called Fact or Fiction. I'm going to ask Josh and Justin a question, and they're going to say that that's a fact, like that's true, or they're going to say that I'm basically pulling something out of my ass. So question is for you guys. Should PKs be how a championship soccer game is decided? A little bit of background information. England and Italy played for the Euro Championship this past Sunday. I think it was Sunday. And uh, yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, it was Sunday. And it went into PKs and it was decided off five people from each team shooting a penalty kick. And that's how it was decided. Italy won it. And there's been a lot of talk recently about how how it ended and it really doesn't represent how the game went. So P, so the question is PK should be how a championship game in soccer should be decided. Is that fact or fiction? I'm going to go with fact. Okay. Do you want okay. to know why? Absolutely. So I, first of all, I understand the other side of it because I do think, like, if you just look at it, how soccer is played is much different than a PK shootout, right? So I totally get that idea because it's kind of like if you played a game of basketball and then to decide a winner if it was tied, you just shot free throws, right? Because there's so much more to the actual game than that. So it's very similar in that way which I understand that reasoning, but I think because of how soccer is played, and I also think that because of how like physically demanding it is, it's unrealistic to have it not end in some type of way like that. Like if you just said they play till someone scores, right? I think that that, to a degree wouldn't be safe because you would have guys out there who would have run like half marathons. Right. And it it would just get so sloppy and ugly because it's just so much running. Right. So, and on top of that, I also think PKs are exciting to me. I think it's, I think it's a fun way for a game to end. And also on the other side of the argument of it, it being completely different from the actual game of soccer, there is still the argument that like, okay, well, if you didn't want to go to PKs, then you should have 
scored or won the game in regulation. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I don't know. I like PKs. I, I think it's a fun way for a game to end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll, we'll go to Justin first before I talk about it. Um, okay, so I'm a little torn. Obviously, I'm, or I guess you guys know, obviously, not the listeners. I'm not the most into soccer. I don't know the history of it and all that. From what I've heard and from what I my limited knowledge, so you play the 90 minutes of regulation. Is there a period after regulation at all where there's any extra time? Yes. The 30 there's minutes? Two, there, yep, two 15-minute periods. Then to me, if you don't score in the other 30 minutes, then yeah. why? Like like Josh said, like you're going to have people dying out there if you just keep going until someone scores. So you either got to do a PK or I had thought about this yesterday, kind of doing some like – manipulation of the field so where it is a shrunk down version of it kind of like a indoor soccer um field almost so it's like half the field and maybe half of the um half the width half the length and you take out two guys or three guys however many ratio wise and then you play there yeah, for I, another 15 minutes or whatever. I definitely like PKs more than that, and I okay. and like there's there's issues with it because it's like you have to like move goals and yeah. I mean, it know. wouldn't be it wouldn't be easy, but like at that well, stage of competition, like the championships of the Euros, like right. they can get people out there to move the goals really quick. But also, like the pro to that is it is more like the actual game. Right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. more like actual soccer than PKs. Exactly. So, <laughs> there's so, that too. I like PKs too. I don't, I don't see, I get it. Like you said, I get it. Like you played 120 minutes of soccer to lose because your goalie didn't jump one way from a 12 yard shot with no defense. Like, yeah, that's not really soccer, but like you had 120 minutes to score an extra goal. Right. Yeah. yeah. You just need you just needed one more. It's not like basketball where you needed like everything to go right and to go on a streak and like stop. Like in basketball, it's so different because there's so many shots. Or like football, you have a bunch of different opportunities to score usually. Yeah. Like soccer, it's like you got to get that goal. And you right. have a, yeah. So I I think PKs are fine. I I I don't see why after 120 minutes you need to continue playing. People are going to die out there or you're going to need a bigger bench to put in subs, but no one's going to want to do that. <laughs> right. You want your, you want your stars out there. So yeah. yeah. Right. And, and that's the argument is obviously they're never going to change this because soccer is so traditional and really hasn't changed um, besides like VAR and things like that. And that was a huge change to the yeah. game of soccer. So I don't think they would ever change this idea of getting rid of PKs because they are exciting. But, and to, like, the outside fan who's not a fan of, like, Italy or England, you kind of want to see PKs. They're really fun to watch, and it really gets, the like, the blood boiling. But, like we've talked about, it doesn't really represent who the winner should be because it's just PKs. I don't know, it's though. It's a completely I think... different sport. It's, like, it's completely different, though. But at the same time... You say that, like, I get it because soccer is a little bit different. Like, you can have control of the ball the whole time. You can be doing everything right and look like the better team all 90 minutes and then all the extra 30 minutes. But if you haven't scored, you're not the better team. Like, the the goal of the game is to score more goals than the other team. And if you haven't done that, then you're not the better team. I see your point. But take, for example, let's say the women's – the USA women's soccer team. They're – when they played Portugal, they played a friendly recently, and I think U.S. won one nothing for that game. Maybe it was two nothing, but Portugal just parked the bus the entire time and just defended the entire time and wouldn't let the U.S. score. U.S. had like seventy five percent of uh, what's the word I'm trying to think? Possession of? time. Thank you, possession time. But and clearly they were the better team, but because yeah. Portugal's strategy was just to pack as many people in and not let the ball through but they won still 
They won. They won. So like right. then then it's they finally got through. It was like it was like the seventy first minute or something. Like it took them forever to score. But, I, but so let's say, let's I, say they went nineteen more minutes. I don't know, man. I I just I get it because like you're right, con- controlling the ball, looking looking like the better team. You would think that that team should win. But like flukes happen, things happen. So like that's the that's the beauty of sports. My here's my thing, because I you're right, like flukes happen. But also, if you look at it, like if you look at the numbers, the teams that do control the game and have more possession, like I don't, I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm positive that if you look at it, the teams on average that have more possession, and especially if a team has like 80 percent possession, like their odds of winning that game based off of the past and how games turn out is way higher. Right. So like there is like like flukes happen, but at the same time, like possession is an indicator of like yeah. who's gonna win more often. So that kind like, of is like so like yeah, like they could lose that one game, but in a yeah. way because possession like correlates with who wins, like there there is a connection there. Right? Yeah, I I agree with that. And I think that's I mean the the fact that the connection is there kind of proves the point though. Like if you're the better team, you're gonna have more possession, and you should probably win the game. And the chances of winning the game are higher because you have more possession. So to say a team has a higher possession and then they lose the game in PKs after 120 minutes of play, like this is the one that that's is this is the 10% or 20% chance of losing if you have a higher possession. Right. Like it can still happen and it sucks. Yeah. Right. And it's right. kind of like with basketball too. Like it's been shown. I don't know the exact stats of it, but if you have more rebounds, if you have the higher rebounds of, of the two teams or the team you're playing, like you're more likely to win. Obviously, points is the biggest indicator, but besides that, rebounds is the second biggest indicator. So like you have more rebounds, you probably have the ball more. Then they're missing more shots. So it's just it's just goes hand in hand. It's not like a causation it's more like correlation i guess yeah yeah Yeah. for sure so so do we think the idea of being the distance that they are away is that something that would change ever like so for example hockey you know they they have the they have the shootout too and it's very similar to soccer the pretty much the only difference is it's a it's a running panel or it's a running shootout. So instead of just a shot, it's you take the like you take the puck up and you shoot it. So it's like a yeah. face off. Yeah, you're you're bringing the puck up. And so right, it's a moving. So I don't I don't know if either of you guys know this, um, and people listening may or may not eat too, but the MLS. So like the the U.S. soccer, you know, like professional soccer league, they um, when they first started and I don't remember the exact year that that this switched, um, but I know it was it was for more than just a couple of years. So it was the first while of their existence. That's how they did penalty shootouts. Oh, really? It was the same as hockey. So if you can look it up on YouTube, but players actually started at half field and they would run at the goalie and. The only rule it was just like hockey is they couldn't go backwards, so like the, you know what I mean. They had to keep going forward, right. right? But the goalie, the goalie didn't have to stay on the line either, so the goalie could, you know, go yeah, to the top of the eighteen. Out. It didn't matter. But they did that for a while, actually. Why did they change um, it? Do you know? I I don't know. I don't know if they ever. I've never like looked into why. So I don't know if if anyone asked them and they came out with a statement or what. I mean, if I had to guess, they probably changed it because they were probably looked down on for not being like the most popular organizations. You know what I mean? Like they weren't yeah. doing it how the best were doing it. So they imitated to so be my guess. Fans. Yeah, that but makes sense. It, it was exciting. Like I said, if you haven't seen it, you should go to YouTube because they, I mean, they're kind of fun to watch, but they used to do that. So that is something like that is possible, right? Cause it's been done. Right. But also on top of that, just an interesting stat. Cause you're talking about how close they are and stuff. Because I, I feel like just watching it, and also having played soccer, this is my opinion too. Right. 
but for different reasons because I've actually done it. But I think most people probably think that PK should be scored more often than they are. You know, and I saw um, a stat in in the Euros because there were so many PKs. Somebody uh, did the math, and it was sixty percent of the PKs were scored. So forty percent of the total PKs in the tournament were missed, which wow. I just think is interesting. Right, because I mean, when you're watching those games, it seems like they normally score, but it's interesting that's almost fifty percent. Like it's it's close to being a 50-50 shot. Yeah. So it seems like that's a good distance away. Yeah, and I think that's probably the best thing for a PK. Like, you don't want it to be heavily favoring one team or a certain thing. And if the if the percentage was higher of them making PKs, then you would just have the same scenario where both teams are making all their PKs and then what do you do after that? You know? Right. Yeah. And that would just be horrendous. Then you have to go into what? A farther PK, a closer PK. Like, right. Yeah. I, I think 60, 40 is a, is a good range to be in. Yeah. Again, personally, I feel like they shouldn't be missing that much, but just looking at it in terms of like effectiveness of, of like Justin was saying, like having it end at a reasonable time and stuff, but also still see some people score. I think sixty forty is definitely a good, a good range of numbers. Yeah. All right, that's going to take us into the question of the day. If you were watching the NBA Finals in Phoenix, you clearly heard the chants from the Phoenix Suns fans in that stadium chanting at Giannis. For or in doing a countdown or a guy, I guess a count up, <laughs> and because they clearly thought that Giannis was taking more than ten seconds to shoot a free throw, and even he admitted that it got to him. It definitely got to him, and he missed a lot of free throws in Phoenix. So, what are some other fan chants that have? been looked at as some of the worst fan chants in sports history. Josh, you want to go first on that one? Uh, I'll go first. So <laughs> I I took this. I, I'm kind of picking my personal least favorite chant. Okay. And personally, I would say this is a very like vague, generic chant, but the overrated chant. I have always disliked and I think I I think the reason I hate it it could be two reasons I think it could be the fact that I feel like it's such a it feels childish and that might be because I feel like it's done a lot more in like high school games and professional games so I don't know if that's why it feels childish to me but also it just bugs me because the simple fact that you are chanting overrated to someone is because they're clearly good enough for you to chant that to them. Like, does that make sense? Right. You know what absolutely. I mean? Like there's a reason that you're not chanting overrated to a bench player, you know, or a kid that scores two points a game. So for me, that yeah. just that, that logic of how you're chanting overrated clearly to the player that is very good. Just, I just really don't like the chant for that reason. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know that it would really get into the head of someone. I mean, obviously it has before just because it's been chanted so many times. But I feel like that wouldn't really get to you because you're still good enough for them to be chanting at you. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, Justin, what do we got? So I kind of did a little bit of different take, more kind of like what Giannis was saying with the fans kind of getting in his head. And – I was researching some, and I, I found this one from Bleacher Report. It was the New York Yankees fans were cheering this towards the pitcher Pedro Mart- Martinez. I believe yeah. he's retired now. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, one of the games against the Yankees, he was getting teed off of, basically. And every time they would play him in previous games, they would chant, Who's your daddy? <laughs> and I just think that would be so disrespectful 
for a whole stadium to be chanting oh man who's your daddy every time <laughs> like oh my god and like you're going up there and that's all you're hearing like you're not really hearing no one's talking it's not like basketball or soccer where you have to like communicate with your teammates and stuff like it's just you standing there ready to throw a ball and you're hearing them say that <laughs> because you got teed off of in the Especially previous game against your rival oh yeah so i yeah, feel like bad. That, that would be like a terrible situation to be in I, I, I personally i would hate that i'd be like i can't do this i can't play <laughs> against these guys <laughs> uh yeah i've mine's kind of along the same as justin's uh different sport though i'm staying in basketball and i'm going back to the 2018 finals when jr clearly blew that first game and it's the reason why they lost yeah that was bad if you guys don't remember uh was it J.R. Smith? That, no, J.R. Smith got the rebound. Yeah, it was from, a free throw. Yeah, from, was it LeBron? I feel like it wasn't LeBron shooting, but it could have been. Either LeBron was shooting or it was out on the three-point line. J.R. got the rebound and started dribbling away, and LeBron's just yelling at him. Like, <laughs> yeah. look the other way, shoot the ball, and just he just shoot wasn't. the ball back up, because clearly J.R. thought that they were in the lead, and he was just trying to hold on to the ball. And he screwed up. Well, the next game, the Golden State Warriors Stadium erupted in an MVP chant for JR when he was on the free throw line the next game. I did not I did not remember that. I that's amazing. That is that's great. Oh my gosh. Talk about getting in someone's head. He probably didn't even care though. I feel like JR, at that point in JR's career, he just didn't care what was going no. on. And he was he just a championship. <laughs> he was on something, probably. Well, he probably wasn't there, anyways. <laughs> uh, another one, I think, is a kind of along Josh's line of like just a dumb chant. And I think they do it at your former college crots. I don't. I'm not. No, they don't, because you're the Rockets. Ignore me. Um, but the New York Jets football team. J E T S Jets Jets Jets. It's like. Oh, see, I love that one. That I think it's so dumb. It's like you're just spelling out the name and then yelling <laughs> that it three was times. Fun, man. No, oh my that god. Maybe it's because I never. It's got a nice ring to it. J E T S. No, no, it's so stupid. It's like. Oh my god! It, it, it like it makes me mad because there's a lot of teams where they have the, that short name like that. Like, do the Mets do that? I don't know if they do, but if they do, they should stop. Any team like that should stop. Or like uh, M E T S Mets Mets Mets. Yeah, do they do that? <laughs> I don't think they do. I don't think so. No. Because it's like that's not creative. And I've never liked <laughs> yeah. the Jets, so maybe that's just me personally. But I feel like that's just a lazy chant. <laughs> Uh, it's understandable. Oh, that's great. All right, we're going to move on to this day in sports history. Take it away, Justin. I got a great one for you guys. I, love I it. know I know. last uh, podcast I was talking about how there wasn't any, uh, hadn't been any great ones recently, and this might be the best one I'll ever have going into the future. I don't know. Love it. Maybe, maybe love I'm it. overhyping this. <laughs> I probably am overhyping this. But anyways, on this day in sports history, in 1994, former NFL running back, broadcaster, and actor O.J. Simpson, charged with murder, gives his first hair samples for te- for testing in the uh, murder case. Wow. Dang. I just think that. First samples. Yeah, I mean. I forget I'm, what comes of that. What? I, f- I forget, like, what comes of that. Like what? The DNA samples? Yeah, DNA. So, so which is crazy because, like, why didn't they get them? I mean, it was 1994, so that's why. But yeah, that was to... that was when DNA was just coming out, so there wasn't any yeah. proven methods like, of it. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't proven to work. That's crazy, though. You think they? Oh my god, that's just like. Yeah, hey, if the glove don't fit. <laughs> it's so stupid. Must quit. <laughs> I remember I saw a joke somewhere. I don't remember if it was on TV show or something, and it was, it was like a like an old crime scene, and there was a dead body on the floor, 
and it's like bleeding out whatever it's just a murder and they're like they're like boss what do we do with with the body and he's like i don't know put some tape around it and throw it in the garbage let's, let's keep moving and it's like <laughs> it's like why would you put tape around it what, what does that do for anyone it's like do yeah. we he's like should i just mop up the blood he's like yeah just just get a mob get rid of that it's like Throw oh my down. wow it's you know, crazy I, how far it's come it, i i was pretty I, not not at the time because I don't know how we I don't, we were like you know we were babies but like recently I watched like the People versus OJ and stuff and I've watched documentaries so like I've I've like watched and like learned about the whole thing but I did see something the other day and I didn't look into it like I saw a headline and I just wasn't in the mood to you know to read and look into it but I saw for the I never heard this but this headline said something about how I don't know if there was like new proof or evidence or if it was just their opinion, but they were saying that OJ didn't do it and he was covering up for his son because Whoa. his his son had like previously assaulted someone. Like it was I don't know if it was her, but he had like he had been charged with assault or something like that. And so they were Whoa. saying that like OJ didn't do it, but he couldn't like throw his son under the bus or something like that. Wow. So I, I don't know, but I, I had never heard that. So I saw that headline. I was like, that's interesting. Whoa. I want to look into that a little bit. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Before we get into conspiracy theories, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to wrap this up. <laughs> that's all we got for you today. If you like the content, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Follow us on all the major social media outlooks, including TikTok. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. Got it. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.